Rear starboard wing destroyed. Engine number one damaged. Main wing also damaged. Output is decreasing. I can't keep us level. We're fighting port side. You've got to maintain altitude. Disengage engine number two and blow it up. <sighs> we'll let them believe they sunk us. Move it, people. Welcome, it's a Gundam, the episode's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. Recently recovered from the infirmary from that last episode, I'm Tyler. I think I might still be blown up from the last episode. My name is Zach. Like, blown up how? Because, like, I almost regret asking? Lengthwise. We are watching episode 35 today, phase 35 even, Eve of Chaos. If you haven't watched the show before, we have three main characters, Kira, I blew up and am definitely dead Yamato. Who is dead? Atherin, I got destroyed by Kira and can't do anything anymore. Zala. And Shen, hey, I survived. I'm the only one left. Asuka. I mean, that makes him the winner by default, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it makes him the main character by default, at least. He killed the other main character and took his throne. That is how there that works, There can only be right? one. Yeah. Main characters in anime series work the same way as Roman emperors. Whoever kills the last main character gets to be the main character. I don't think that's necessarily how the Roman Empire works, Zach. Having studied some Roman history, I'm pretty sure that's how the Roman Empire worked. I feel like they were already in line to be the emperor. But when does Nero become the cute girl? In the afterlife? Mm. Doesn't he Doesn't he have to die first so that he can get summoned later or something? I don't, I'm not really sure how fate works. No, Nero was always a girl in the fate verse. Why not? Sure. Did she also still burn Rome? Nero didn't burn Rome. The, God, the Visigoths did. I'm sorry, did Nero laugh maniacally while Rome was burning? Maybe. We <laughs> You'd don't have to know. ask her. And really, wouldn't you ask other things? No. <laughs> <laughs> what would I ask an ancient Roman emperor? Who came back as a cute girl. Who came back as a cute girl. For subjective um, values of cute. I honestly don't know what questions I would have. Possibly, I think the problem is I have too many questions. I think the first question I would ask is, uh, do you mind if I grab a soda or something? From where? Where would you have sodas? Tyler, this is me. Do you really expect me not to have sodas? I expect you to have brought your own and not to need to bum some off of the reincarnated cute girl Nero. Reincarnation cute girl Nero sounds like an anime title. Sounds like a magical girl. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> Let me think. I think they might have made that one. <laughs> Zach, I, I know I've recommended Fruits Basket to you, but you should definitely watch the most recent episode of Fruits Basket in which they put on the school play Cinderella-ish. I was I watched one yesterday. I, I think it was GB GBET or I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but it's about two samurai and a ninja being catapulted forward from the Edo period into the 2030s, where a global pandemic is going on. That sounds turning safe. people into uh, giant monsters. That sounds like an anime. Yeah. So I completely forgot about this, but since the last time we recorded, I watched all of my next life as a villainess. Oh, and, it's good. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. I love it. Uh, there are a couple episodes that I probably would have, like, just cut, I think. I think so, too. And you realize that less when you're doing it week to week, I think. Yeah, like, because I had the advantage of binging the entire series all at once. Mm -hmm. I Like, 
Are they making a second season of that? Because I don't know. What are they even going to do? I, I don't know. I know it's based on light novels, and there are more light novels. Okay, that's I presume fair. there will be more cute girls that will fall in love with her for her to be oblivious about. There's probably a sequel game that she didn't know about that she's going to have to deal with now. Oh, no, but she doesn't have any of the information. Exactly. Also, did her friend die and then get reincarnated? My assumption, that's my assumption, yes. Yeah, that is also my assumption, is that they were reincarnated around the same time frame, but her friend died far after her, But because they'd never really go into that. That is also my assumption, but that is not text. It is text that she got reincarnated. Yeah. But also didn't whack her head in the way that reignites past memories from yeah. a different universe where you're in a video game. I don't even She just know. fell in love with her old best friend. There need to be more episodes about that book that Grant Your True Desires. <laughs> I really so wanted fun. more of that. Especially at the end where everyone gets embarrassed and like just yeah. runs out of the room. Except for the one that's like, what? I was just playing piano that <laughs> you were watching. It was very sweet and chaste. I don't know why everyone is... So weirded out. I just like playing piano. It's like the only thing you ever encouraged me to do. <laughs> you should check out Monster Girl Doctor, Tyler. So I've never heard of this. It, it's Have new. you not? I, no. I always want to rate it as Monster Girl Doctor. That also like would be pretty good. Like it's three different occupations. That kind of has like some 1980s vibes to me or like maybe early 90s anime vibes. I'm not sure what it would be about. Like, for some reason, it makes me think of Blackjack, and I don't know why. It it is literally about a dude who is a doctor for monsters. He just happens to treat a lot of monster girls. That's not at all where I thought that was going. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but there's a book series about a guy who's a necromancer in, like, the 1800s on the Western Frontier, except he just is, like, a field doctor, and that's what he does. And occasionally, sometimes his patients die, and he's like, well, just gonna do some of the old post-active healing here. It doesn't... Happen to take place in Deadlands, does it? <laughs> it has a very Deadlands vibe. I haven't actually read any of it yet, but I do want to. Okay, so speaking of stuff that we have to do but don't want to, we have episode 35 here. Welcome Eve's back Chaos. to Gundam Seed Destiny. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. Last time, the Archangel was running away from missiles, and Shane was trying to kill Kira Freedom Gundam Yamato. And doing a pretty good job. Kira, on the other hand, was doing his usual... Flesh wounds only tactics. He's like, here is like full right away. Yeah, he's just trying to withdraw from the fight, as I said last time around. So since this is all just a recap up until the opening, I would like to pose a philosophical question to vamp for time until we get to the actual episode. And that is, does this cause Kira to change his tactics in the future? Does he get more aggressive? I mean, you'll just have to wait and see, right? No. The answer <laughs> won't surprise you. No? Is the answer no? <laughs> the answer is no. Because he's now Kira double Jesus Yamato. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, Kira didn't die at the end of last episode. What are you talking about? That the swords through his cockpit. Look at that still alive face. And look at this explosion. Yeah, seriously, nothing could have survived. What was that explosion? explosion? Except the impulse, which is fine at point blank of this explosion. So clearly something can. Face shift armor. I mean, yes, that's also my bullshit plot power. Face shift armor would also be my explanation. Which fades after the explosion. I do like how beat up the impulse is at the end of that. However, they do state that phase shift armor works against projectiles, not energy. And an explosion like that is all energy. I mean, arguably projectiles moving are also energy. Yeah. But they're kinetic, not thermal energy. And that's what the... uh, That's fair. That's what the phase shift armor protects against. So in this episode, now that the last one is over, the Archangel is sinking... It's flooding Apparently real good. they've lost a wing. And an engine. And an engine. Trim's not keeping them level. They got flooding. 
No, she, I think she's specifically ordering flooding on the port side. Oh. Because oh, to help they balance are, them? Yeah, because they're not... Trim is to keep it level, so they're not being able to do that. So flood that side so it'll level out. Oh, and then, that's why she's suggesting separating the other engine is to also help level it out. I also think this is to, like... It's I a think, decoy. Yeah, to get them to stop pursuing. Everybody's shocked when she does suggest detonate engine 2. And yeah, she just will make okay, them think yeah. we've sunk. I missed that. We see the totally destroyed part of the Freedom... Where Kira is totally dead. Oh, wait, no, never mind. He passed out with his buttons on the d- do not explode button. Yes, the emergency nuclear reactor cutoff, which I guess it would be good to have, I suppose. Yeah, but for like, emergencies. We had a crash field the reactor, so you're not putting out radiation constantly. Which raises the question, what the fuck exploded last episode? Hey, we're about to have a perfectly good explanation day, don't you, Zach? So don't get too ahead of yourself. I want to talk about the English on here, even though it's all good. We have alert, alert, caution, blackout, power down, alert, caution, caution. We also have primary, secondary, and auxiliary. What is the difference between blackout and power down? My guess is these are different, like, power cycles. So there's probably, one of them probably goes to each one of the guns on the Freedom, you know, for power conduits and whatnot. Oh, no, this makes a lot more sense because they're just upgraded explosives. You got C4, and now you have C12, C14, (laughs) C20. (laughs) Kira's also apparently knocked out with his finger on the button, and his cockpit is starting to flood, so that's bad. It's also implied that he's, like, on his back going down, so how is... Well, no, because it's sinking. But how is his hand held up while he's passed out like that shonen is he, is he just yeah i was gonna say is he just made of such shonen will uh kagali has launched to go get him i love the impulse just like floating headless in front of the minerva there headless with one arm it's ghastly i think on purpose everyone's in shock especially Atherin. horrified <laughs> i'm sorry is what happened there kagali picked up the freedom and then it exploded no. no, the engine exploded. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be the engine explosion. Which I'm is sure, yes. It's the perfect excuse for that giant explosion we saw, right? If they had just done the timing differently. And this episode could pull it off, right? Yeah. It wouldn't have been hard. But no, we just get this like depth charge explosion, and that's it. And Shin's like, oh man. Did- which makes it look a lot more like a secondary explosion <laughs> than anything. And then Arthur's like, wow. <laughs> and Mayron's look is just, wow. Atherin is even more aghast because his girlfriend was on that ship. Oh, come on, Atherin. There were four of you trying to kill it before. You really think one is going to take it down? They didn't have a Minerva. True, but there were four of them. And Atherin's like, that's not true. That's impossible. As we get the opening scene. Obi-Wan told me you killed him. Not yet. I'm working on it. Also, I said I killed him, and Lacus was like, nah, dog, he's fine. <laughs> I nursed him back to health real good. And then I gave him a big sword. By that, I mean a robot with a... It's a metaphor sword. Honestly, I think they probably should have waited to show that in to like another episode or so. The reveal of how the Archangel escaped. Yeah, because Kira is a mystery a little longer. And Seed Kira manages to stay dead for almost an entire episode. Where here they're immediately like, no, we gotta show these guys are okay. Because and, they're the main characters. Honestly, there's like enough other stuff happening in this episode. They could have gotten away with it. There's a big chunk of it that's Kira in the the infirmary. I, I think you can definitely write it that way. I think it's very deliberate that they didn't because they were afraid people would leave after Kira died. Again. Mm-hmm. Well, that happened the first time, but... No, I mean that Kira died again, not yeah. that people left again. Yeah, but the thing is, like, who the fuck likes Shin? Me! <laughs> like, at this point, you would be sticking around to watch Shin and or Athrin. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about it, but Shin cackling after killing Kira last week kind of sends him over the edge into villainous territory. 
I mean, you can defend him. He's clearly exhausted and kind of relieved. We talk about his mental state a lot, but... We've kind of been moving that direction for a bit anyway. Well, and he, like, it's understandable that he'd be proud to take down uh, someone that is basically a legend like Kira is. And especially because he blames Kira for killing Stella and Heine, despite the fact that it wasn't his fault for Heine and Stella needed to die. So cut to some sonar that a... Din is just stunken in the water, but there's too much turbulence for it to work. I'm not sure that's how sonar works. I can't prove it's not. But also, that there's not enough floating debris for the ship to have actually sunk. So it might have gotten away. It depends for floating debris since, you know, it's a ship made out of steel. So it tends to, debris tends to sink. Is it made out of steel? We don't know what it's made out of. Well, I'm assuming it's made out of heavier than air component or heavier than water components. Super light carbon fiber. And we know it has yeah. beam laminated armor. Like, it's not very aerodynamic, so that might actually be one of the only explanations for how the hell it gets enough lift to be in the air and atmosphere. I don't know. All right, so Shin comes down to a standing ovation from the mechanics. Tomato Hair's like, ah, oh, you're a super ace. Did you really kill the freedom? And he's like, yeah. I'm not sure about other things, but I am sure I killed the freedom. And even Luna's like, hey. That was a great battle. I was amazed. That way you threw your shield and then bounced the beam off it? That was really cool stuff. All I ever do is shoot a big gun. And miss most of the time. And Ray is smiling. And he's like, good job, Shin. Well done. Here's my hand. You can shake it. Have you noticed that every time that Ray smiles in the show, it's always a bad thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, Shin does say, hey, I couldn't have done it without you, Ray. Thanks, coach. It's the bond between teacher and student. He's like, yes, but you did it. You were like, put me in, coach. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, there's only a, there's <laughs> only so much that prep can get you. And uh, one of them says, yeah, I'm sure you get a medal for this. And I'm pretty sure that's the only way you get a medal in Zaft is by shooting Kira down. I think Shin got a medal for sinking all those battleships outside of Orb. I know he was put in for one. They, yes, they actually just, funny. they saw Kira Yamato on one of the crew manifests, <laughs> but it was a different Kira Yamato. That was a typo. Atherin is watching from a distance and Shin smiles and goes over to him, and Luna's like, ugh, this is gonna be bad. Atherin turns to Noctwalk, but she's like, hey, I got revenge. And he looks so happy about it, too. Well, yeah, because as far as Shin is concerned, getting revenge is a good thing. We get a close in on Ray, and then someone flashes back to that time Kira killed Raul Le Creuset. <laughs> and no one here was present for? <laughs> Shin is just the happiest guy. Shin is now episode one anime protagonist. Everything's good so far. He's like, for you, too. This sets Atherin off because this is like the exact wrong thing to say because when you really boil it down, Kira hasn't really done anything to warrant being used of revenge against. He did shoot Atherin down and kind of humiliate him. And I do think from a Shin's point of view, from a treat others how you want to be treated, if Shin was shot down by that, this would make him feel better. Yeah, I was going to ask if that's what Shin was saying that he got revenge on Atherin's behalf for. I think that's the only interpretation. Yeah, but it's still the wrong thing to say to Atherin. Yeah, well, that's the problem with treat others how you want to be treated, right? It's not everybody values or wants to be treated the same way you are. Yeah, so Atherin just grabs Shin's collar and starts yelling at him. So Luna and Tomato Hair run over, and Ray slowly meanders that way. And Atherin's like, Kira wasn't even trying to kill you. He didn't try to kill anyone ever. Did you watch that fight? That's not technically true, but... He's he's trying to kill at least two people, one of which is you, Atherin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He told you that. Three, I guess, because he tried to kill Stella. And I think when you get down to it, like, Shin is acting, like, so happy. Like, look how and proud of killing him. And Athrun's like, he wasn't even really fighting back. I feel like, you know, Kira actually has a pretty high success rate with people he's wanted to kill and then actually succeeded. Two out of three ain't bad. Yep. Anyway, Athrun's like, uh, oh, this is why my ex-fiance hates revenge so much. 
Well, Shin's like, hey, you're not making any sense. And Who is just... your ex-fiance? I thought you were still engaged. <laughs> and Athrin, you know, are you that happy about defeating him? Are you proud of killing somebody? But Shin kind of, that pisses him off and he lashes back. He's like, hey, am I wrong to be pleased? I defeated a powerful enemy. Can't I be happy about that? Finally, after two whole episodes of trying, after studying once and then taking the test, I did it. <laughs> Shin finally passes driver's test. He's like, what should I do? Should I be sad about it? He's like, yeah, Kira would be, or pray. He's like, yeah, Lacus would. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you shouldn't necessarily be sad about it, but you got to acknowledge there was a person in that. Well, not to mention he wasn't fighting back. Like That's what I keep going back yeah. to. It's basically the same thing as shooting a man in the back. He wasn't trying to kill you. Or are you saying I should have been the one who got beat out there? Huh? Actually, if you just stood off in a corner, Kira would never have shot at you. And then Athrun's like, let me express my feelings in the most manly way possible. He Punch. just hauls off and punches Shin in the face. And man, was this little shit asking for it. Before we get to that, I want to give Destiny some credit. I really like the blocking of Ray and Luna being on opposite sides of It's Egypt. really good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a good punch, too. That is a right Noah-ass punch. And all, like, everybody is just, like, Same. what the hell is going? Well, like, they can't really go after Atherin because he outranks all of them. And Ray Luna Maria and Tomato Hair hold Atherin back from going and killing Shin, Not while that... other people hold Shin back from going after Atherin. Atherin doesn't even look like he needs help back, because he's just standing there. He's obviously angry, but he's not, like, leaning forward. Meanwhile, Shin's like, yeah, but... let me at him. <laughs> but Luna Maria and um, Tomato Hair are trying to prevent it from going farther. So it makes sense that they would, like, yes, they're holding him back, but they're not really, like, tackling him like people are doing with Shin. And then Ray steps in and does the usual thing he does. He's like, look, I've been acting as Shin's personal therapist. I don't have a license. I, I, I don't know what you expect. A, I realize there's been a problem with Shin's attitude. <laughs> yeah, don't that's say. Not, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> but please don't punch him, even if you outrank him. Actually, this is I'm not a, a shonen anime. I'm a member of Faith. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I love how concerned Luna looks while Ray's giving this speech. Well, it's because mom and dad are fighting. And Ray's like, we are under orders from our nation to shoot down the Archangel and freedom. Shin did it. He should be praised. This is time to have a cool party to talk about how cool Shin is, not to punch him for being a little bitch. I that comes later. I actually like how Ray outlines this because this is the exact reason why Athrin left was this idea of blind obedience. Yeah, and Gundam Seed is incredibly critical of that. Because like we said, that's Natarl's tragic flaw, is that she believes in that, even when she sees evidence that it doesn't work. And I feel like Destiny's also critical of that, but I don't really know what statement it's trying to make about it. It's like, that's bad, but reasons? Nathan's like, there was no reason to shoot him down. They weren't our enemies. Yeah, and Shin's what? Were they actually fighting you? No. But Shin is upset, and it's like, they're clearly, but Ray finishes the sentence and says enemies. He's like, I don't know what their intentions were, but our nation said they're enemies, so they are. Going back to that blind obedience. We're in Zaft, remember? And then Athlon remembers that time that his fiance was like, hey, so you killed your best friend because you're a Zaft soldier? You proud of that, big man? <laughs> what are you going to do? Shoot me and my adorable ponytails? Ray's like, yeah, who's the enemy is depends on individual. It's all relative. I know you know that. So that's why we need to follow orders because they're absolute, unlike individual opinion. Although I'm under the impression except, that Ray is like, chaos! Except for the fact that their orders are coming down from a person, so you're basically saying my opinion doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, check your privilege. Your personal feelings have no place here. This is not anime, this is military. Only Lord Durundle's personal opinions matter. 
And then he drags Shin off. I love that. Yeah, he physically yanks Shin out of the arms of one of the mechanics and just like walks off with them. And Shin even looks back like, hey, I wasn't done with this conversation. I also feel like Shin is maybe a little bit surprised that Athrun actually punched him. Shin doesn't really understand why Athrun is so mad. But like, I, he doesn't get it. But I think this look back is him like being like, hey, I would like to figure this out. I don't think he's being arbitrary. But Athern also runs up in a emo huff because it was 2005. Well, and he's going through the stages of grief, although you got to look at it. It's like, dude, you already did this. Like, get over it. But now he's dead for real this time, and I didn't get to do it. Could you imagine how much Izak would have angsted if he wasn't the one who shot Kira down? Like, if someone else... Uh- yeah, like, like if, if he just Captain got, Beardo had yeah, done like it. just some random mook had taken him down. I feel like Isaac would have grown up to be an alcoholic and like Isaac just would have had an aneurysm. <laughs> Cut to this is Gibraltar, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Probably they're preparing a bunch of goofs and bobbies, seeing if the hydro reducers uh, work between them. I don't really know what a hydro reducer is supposed to do, but all right. Well, the bobby is the worst mobile suit, and it's to prevent them from multiplying because they already have too many of them. I guess that's fair. <laughs> Cut off one head and two shall. <laughs> and then we go. Oh, no, it, it, it takes the people from Hydra and throws them out of the mobile suit <laughs> so that Robert Redford can't keep control of Zaft. So after we go from Gibraltar, we go to a Zaft, Zaft military station. station in space. Meanwhile, in space. Hey, remember Isaac and Diarca? We were just talking They're about in this. Diarca looks so grown up in this shot. Look at him. <laughs> well, he's been spending two years dealing with Isaac's bullshit. And Isaac is a superior officer. You know how annoying that must be? To be fair, I feel like this was already their relationship in the first place anyway. So they're walking, listening to people be like, how are we supposed to defeat Logos? Boycott all their products? And Isaac's like, hey, stop joking. This is a very serious, serious time. Seriously. <laughs> I, I love the artist. Oh, shit. The voice actor, like, when he says Isaac, puts a sigh at the end of it, so it's just great. And Isaac being very Sundari is like, use our heads, are they nothing but decoration? And Diarca just gives him a look like, I'm sorry about this. He's always like this. Cut to the city Don, who are shooting up a mansion. Well, Eat the rich. Well, Durundle's like, I don't intend to do anything crazy like send out the military. I just intend to do inside a bunch of people to go do that for me. Yeah, that's not what I mean by killing Logos. I just meant, like, metaphorically. Like, buy all their games and toys, but the opposite of that. (laughs) Buy none of their playsets and toys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we just get a lot of shots of people shooting up these mansions. We also get Shit and Ray trying to, like, stress relieve by going to the shooting range. Athrun angsting in his room. The return of Athrangst. I do love in this shot of... Uh, a bunch of people shooting out this mansion. There are two Earth Federation, Earth Alliance, what are they Earth called? Alliance. Earth Alliance soldiers. And one of them's like, you're the ones being tricked by coordinators as he's yelling out a window to machine gun fire. Like, So we go into another speech by Durundle to fill time in this episode by going over a, like a montage of stuff happening in theory. We do but- get my angel Lacus Klein floating in space looking at a tablet. So that shot's worth it. But the rest of the speech is pretty awful. <laughs> Especially since it's animated such that she is stationary with a bunch of people, and the background behind her is slid along her. But Durendal apparently shoes all that good footage he got of the extended base camp, so he's got more propaganda. And those three schoolgirls for a couple episodes ago are aghast at this. I really wanted this to just be a slideshow that Durendal's presenting. Uh, We get the return of angry protesters with signs in cursive. 
As in, Logos deals death, and burn, Logos burn, Disco Inferno. You know, there's an old guy there in that hat. Do you see him a couple away from the, <laughs> down with Logos? It looks like he's just in the wrong place. And, the, and that woman in front of him also looks like, wait, I'm not supposed to be Like, they were just taking a walk and accidentally ran into the mob. With that hat, he looks to me like he's a private investigator who's been paid to follow one of the protesters. Because he's cheating on his wife. Stop Logos. That guy didn't even make his assignment octagon. Come on. This guy over here said stop Logos now. The Sarens are nervous about it. Durendal just keeps speeching. You know, this wouldn't be as bad if we didn't literally get his speech taking up an entire freaking episode only a couple episodes ago. I'm like, it was better that time, too. Much better. It's basically the same shit, too. I mean, presumably he's just giving a press conference on this exact subject every single day because that's part of his plan. And to be fair, it probably works. Well, and because we keep going through, like, reused stuff, it's saving animation budget. We also get to see, presumably, a bunch of Logosmen being killed. Let's find common ground and talk to each other. As Atherin has ripped off his faith thing and is looking at it contemplatively. Uh, meanwhile, billionaires escaping their planes with their <laughs> mistresses clinging to them. Also, Jabril's party mansion is being attacked. A bunch of people are like, he's the leader of Blue Cosmos. We should stop him. Jabril starts getting calls from his other billionaire buddies saying, the mobs have reached my mansion. They won't eat the cake. I didn't leave for some reason. So is Jabril in the basement of his mansion or is his like secret evil? I think it's supposed to be in the basement of his mansion. Yeah, I don't know where his evil schemer room is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Basement of the mansion makes the most sense, but... I mean, he does turn and start running, so I assume he's getting to the Jabril copter. I feel like I should be able to make a good joke about the Jabril copter, but nothing is coming. The Jabril mobile? And then we get the eye catch. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for episode 35. Before I get into the rest of the mid-spot, hey, I want to thank everyone that joined us for our live stream on Sunday. We played Among Us for our Last Time on Video Games monthly game night. Specifically, I want to say thanks to Ryan slash Bag of Magic Food for joining the YouTube live stream and dropping some snarky comments for us. Barry, like the animal, but with Y at the end, for joining us in playing. And Juan, also, I unfortunately lost your YouTube username because the chat just isn't with the archived video for some reason, and I'll make sure that works next time. And also, thanks to Alex, who was obligatorily there because we are married and live in the same house, but she managed the YouTube chat for us. And also James for joining us. Thanks, James, who is also kind of obligated, but you know. Now, onto the really exciting announcement in this. Uh, we finally have a corporate sponsorship. Here's the ad copy that we're paid to read, courtesy of Space Bucks. It's fall time, and nothing says fall like hay rides through a pumpkin field on an old horse-drawn carriage while enjoying your favorite fire and or book with a pumpkin spice goof. Now, let's have some words from our celebrity sponsor and all-around fan of pumpkin spice, Heine Westenfloos. Call me Heine, I'm a big fan. If you forget, then you will die. Thanks for listening. You can get a free pumpkin spice goof by going to www.spacebucks.com and entering a promo code Kira's Fault. Now, Back to the episode. Meanwhile, in the Jabril cave. I ask if I twirl my mustache enough, it will become real and destroy those coordinators. Cut to an IV in the Archangel Infirmary. Hey, look, it's Kira Yamato. He's fine. Apparently he did get his hands banged up. I love how Kigali comes in with uh, like a tray of food 
And Miriallia comes in with her camera. To remind you she's a photographer? Because she wanted to take pictures of Kira every day and be like, see, you're getting better. Yeah, I don't understand why she's got the camera. Like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. She wanted to take a picture of Moo and send it to Lacus and be like, <laughs> check this shit out. Look what we found. Kigalia say, hey, are you all right? And Kira's like, sorry. And she's like, yep, that is a very Kira Yamato answer. I love how while this is going on, Moo is just like on his cot eating and just like looking like, huh. That's because he ordered the fish in flight dinner and Kira got the steak and it looks way better. I guess the doctor said his injuries weren't too serious, which is good. I'm pretty sure the reason why Moo is glancing at Kira like that is because Kira has two girls fawning over him now. And they're not even his girlfriend, because he's like, but the cool (laughs) car my girlfriend bought for me, I totaled it. She's going to be so upset at me. Also, there's been a lot of metaphors about how you can't do anything without power and Gundams are power. So I'm completely useless like Athrin now. Shin is the only main character, Kagali. Do you not understand (laughs) that? What dire straits we are in. Kira's being upset over losing the freedom makes sense because he did tell Lacus that he would protect it for one thing. Yes, and also he's oddly sentimental. He's one of those people who keeps all the knickknacks people give him, including the Freedom Gundam. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you? (laughs) Well, it even goes on with, without it, I, and she doesn't let him finish the sentence. And he's like, hey, you gotta get better first, and then give Lieutenant Longnews a good speech. I mean, I'm sure we could throw you in a blue Murasame. Can you imagine how good a Murasame would look in the Freedom Colors, Kira? Or hell, we can probably find you a strike gun, and we've probably got another one lying around somewhere. And so, Neo slash Moo is like, you got beat by the impulse, huh? Serves you right. That guy's super focused, and he just keeps getting better, like Jeremy said last episode. It's too bad I only called it out just now. And Kira's like, hey, you meet him? He's like, technically. This one time, he gave me... A girl, and I put her in a giant death robot, and that didn't go well. And then you killed it. Anyway, what's with this ship? One day you're fighting us, today you're fighting Zaft. And Maru's like, yep, that's true. Well, he finishes kind of awkwardly, like, who is your enemy? And he's like, I don't actually know what to say. The chick that started crying last time she was here is back. And Maru just gives him a briefing. The Archangel's fucked up, but they should be able to make it back if they're careful. Gonna take longer, but gotta do it. We'll be there at the speed of plot anyway. Don't worry about it. Maru is eating, so Kigali's like, I have to feed you. It's not romantic. I'm your sister. You're just not eating because you're terrible at human. I think it's actually that uh, Kira and Kigali both look over and notice Maru looking at Moo. And Kigali's like, got to break the awkward silence. Meat! (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's that and uh, Kira, like she brought him, clearly brought him food and he does need it. And also from this angle, it definitely looks like a Lunchables tray because <laughs> there's like a little cheese thing and like some crackers and like some deli meat. You know how long it's been since I had Lunchables or even <laughs> thought about that brand? Charcuterie. It's Lunchables for adults. <laughs> I mean, I had Lunchables a lot when I worked at King Supers and they were a good 15 minute snack. Yeah. I had a Jimmy Dean like Egg McMuffin for a lunch. I don't know. You said Jimmy and I thought, I don't know where it. Not that. It does mean I have eaten two meals today, though. So Moo is like, hey, who's this, is this ship belong to Orb? And Moo's like, our Facebook status says that's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you taking me there for? And they're all kind of like, awkward, like, ooh, we were planning on just kidnapping this guy until he realizes he's Moo LaFlaga. Huh? We're just going to brainwash him into thinking he was Moo LaFlaga, but I guess that might not work. I do like how he has a spork. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, standard military. So the official Shakespeare. subtitles on this definitely say Moo. Moo. At some point, the subtitles for the like back third of Destiny got changed on Crunchyroll, and they're bad. <laughs> like, they get episode titles wrong at one point. Yep. 
Amazing. Um, I don't know why. They used to be fine. So anyways, like, who's this Moolaflaga to you? And Moolaflaga's like, um, you know, an irreplaceable comrade, but he's gone. And then Neo's like, oh, ooh, stepped on a turd with that one. (laughs) I think I might have (laughs) stepped on a landmine here. Everybody's staring at him, which makes him feel even more awkward. So we cut to space, where Durendal and Mira go into Earth. On a space catwalk. I forget. Well, it's one of those people movers. Yeah. And they're like, dude, you really go to Earth? And he's like, ah, I can't lead from the back. It'll make me look like a coward. I mean, canonically, we generally don't have our generals on the front lines. To be fair, I don't know that he's going on the front lines. And we keep the uh, politicians even farther away. He's just going to where the generals are. So he can send the generals to the front lines. Have everybody move up one. That's how it works in chess, right? But he's like, uh, at this point, we just don't know where Jabril is. But I'm amazed at the strength of their people and their good mobbing. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect them to do this. Well, we're just trying to figure out what to do. They already did our job for us. And his assistant's like, yeah, obviously because you encouraged them. And he's like, yeah, we can create a world without war if that's what everyone hopes for. That's definitely my goal. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, on the space plane, we get a message from the Willard team. And like, we could not confirm the destruction of the Archangel, but there's no doubt the freedom has been destroyed. We saw that blow up real good. And Durandal's like, yes, is this checkmate? Have I 3D chest my way to victory? No, I can't be so certain yet. I must not let my guard down. The White Queen is formidable. I am always afraid of Emma Frost. <laughs> Shot of a few doms and Lacus in a hangar. They're just ambiguous purple mobile suits. They could be anything. They could be bobbies. You get a shot of the damn thing's head. That is not a bobby. It's like, hey, get my uh, shuttle hijacking guy on the line. And Mir's like, huh? So what now? Then Minerva makes it to Gibraltar and gets escorted back. And they get back to, like, a bunch of armed forces basically, like, welcoming them in. And Arthur's like, man, this is real nice. They, like, rolled out the red carpet for us. Made out of guns. Well, I mean, it makes sense because, like, he's probably never actually had people escort him back in like that as a hero well and he's more impressed about like the show of force too because it's like i knew we were all get ordered to gather here but it's impressive to see it and Talia's like you have to know who the enemy is before you can draw your sword one of my teachers told me that i forget his name <laughs> it was very influential on me though it's like obviously it, it, its meaning is obvious and arthur's like yes totally obvious maybe you should explain it for mayron who did not have <laughs> officer training though I mean, I would, get it, but that, maybe you should tell Mayron. It would actually make some sense if he had actually heard that because he's been yes. through officer training. Of course, it's also possible he didn't because he had a different instructor than Talia did. And she's like, if someone can't tell who the enemy is, then they can't bring themselves to fight. Or the reason for attacking, they can't fight. But we've been provided with a clear image of who to fight. It's kind of brilliant. Should we be thankful for that as soldiers? And I was just like, yes? yes? Why was that a question? <laughs> and she's like, I'm having a philosophical talk about if it's okay to give people these basic goals and tell them it'll be all right afterwards. If it's not manipulative, Arthur, come on. Trying to determine whether or not it's okay for them to sell indulgences or not. Then we cut to the pilots. This is the first scene we've seen of Luna not in her bandage gear. Which implies it's... At least a few days later, if not a week or so. But or maybe they don't, it's really ambiguous length of time. Or maybe she just got spiffied up for the uh, homecoming. And Ray's like, I'm not sure, but I know is that our next mission will be in line with that big speech the chairman gave. So alternatively, the uh, battle damage Luna toys just weren't selling well. I mean, I'd buy one. And Luna's like, yeah, attacking Logos, the chairman himself, that that was going to be difficult. I don't know how we'll work it. And Ray's like, he'll figure it out. It needs to be done. It's easier said than done. He's Darundel Sama, after all. And Jin just kind of makes a vague comment, but sounds depressed. And 
Ray's like, you don't seem too excited about it. He's like, no, no, I'm cool with that. And it seems like Shin is like having second thoughts about the whole situation for the first time. Like maybe he's having an introspection. Which I do kind of like. I think Atherin punching him actually affected him. Yeah. That's a, that's at least how I'm reading it. Same. It's probably the best part of the episode. I'll, I'll shoot my load early. Shin being depressed. And he's like, I was moved by the chairman's words, even though it's going to be difficult. But he's the guy the guy who doesn't give up and follows through on his word. We see Atherin brooding on the elevator. Just staring at the corner of the elevator. I like to imagine that whenever he gets to the bottom, he just hits the top floor again and keeps brooding <laughs> up and down. <laughs> well, it's not a bad place to go, I guess. And she's like, this is the only way we can end the war for sure. My parents are dead. Sure, keep telling yourself that, Shin. So I'll do it. And he crushes his coffee can. And declares he'll fight any enemy while the Imperial March from Star Wars plays. And Ray just like stares over her shoulder like, yes, let the hate flow through you. I- I'm like not joking. Luna- they are using stings from the Imperial March. I like how Luna Maria looks sad at this. But Ray grabs his shoulder and is like, yeah, happiness. You're doing the right thing, Shin. I will give you comfort and praise because that's what you need. Just remember, happiness is the enemy because it means you have something to lose. <laughs> So Maren's hey, like, hey, Captain, the uh, base wants us to send Shin and Atherin over. Not sure why, but they want those two. Cut to a catwalk. You know the type of catwalk. It's a Gundam-revealing catwalk where Shin and Mir Campbell are there. And Durundal? Durundal and Mir, yep. not Shin and Mir. Yeah, where Durundal and Mir are. And Mir's Haro is like, are you okay? Bust a wolf! Because apparently it's got Fatal Fight on there. And uh, Durundal's like, everything has gone according to plan. Mir isn't looking, so I can have evil face for a moment. Now we will see. Will this be the final card or not? Well, Shin and Atherin are awkwardly in a jeep. They're, like, not as awkward as I expect them to be. Mostly Atherin's just, like, watching the scenery go by, and Shin's like, should I say something? I kind of want to say something. I kind of want to, like, talk about what happened a few days ago, but at the same time, I'm not sure I should talk to him. We also get Ray with brooding face. In the dark Ray and Shin cave. <laughs> well, it's because he knows that he can't be present to try and guide Shin down the path of hate. Yeah, what if Shin and Atherin actually talk? <laughs> what if they have a heart-to-heart talk and Shin is like, oh, I, I understand where Atherin is coming from, and that becomes a decent human being? Anyway, a guard's like, hey, I brought Shin and Atherin. And Mir's like, oh my god, you didn't tell me Atherin was coming. <laughs> and Shin looks like a kid in the candy store as he just walks in. He's Actually, like, I've never, I've heard about Gundam reveal catwalks, but I've never been on one. Conf- or he looks more, like, confused as to what they're doing here. They salute, and Atherin's like, hey, it's been a while. And Shin is like, good speech! Starts sucking up to the brass. And he's like, yeah, I've heard a lot about your achievements, as he gives Shin a handshake. You and- shot down the freedom, and you got shot down by the freedom. And then Atherin is much more reluctant to accept one, but eventually he does, because he realized it would be awkward if he doesn't. And then Mir glomps him. She's like, I miss you so much. He's like, hi, Lacus Klein. Who is yeah. Lacus Klein? <laughs> Long time no see, Lacus Klein. <laughs> who is most definitely Lacus Klein. And Shin is like, what well, that was weird. Yeah, what the hell? She said something about an ex-fiance earlier in the podcast. Ah. Also, why is she here? Dren's like, well, I'm sure you're aware by now, given the fragile state of world affairs, that I did something crazy. I did an oopsie and incited riots. Whoops. So I'm going to war against the entire world for world domination. And Shin's like, I don't think it's crazy at all, sir. I think you're a good role model for me, an angsty teen. And Dorinda's like, cool, cool. But first, I want you to look over there, since you keep trying to anyway. For the dramatic spotlights are coming up in three, two, one. Well, blink. Hey, there's two Gundams. One's very Providence-like. Yeah, it's got a starfish on its ass. 
And Jen's like, whoa. And Atherin's like, Ugh. oh, shit, this is bad. We get lots of shots of cables and close-ups. It's hard to tell what's going on because they're in powered-down phase ship mode, yeah, so it's just a lot of gray. They're kind of like trying to show them as glory shots of these, but because they're like tied down by so many cables and still just gray, it really doesn't work. I think it's kind of them trying to have their cake and eat it, too. This isn't really their reveals, but it also kind of is. So the first one is the ZGMF X42S kitchen sink. It's the <laughs> Destiny. I will be the Destiny defender on this podcast, because while I did not like the Destiny on my first watch, it has really grown on me as a design. 42S is an interesting model number. It's reasonable. Pretty much all the model numbers of Gundams up until now in, this, in Seed and Destiny have referred to the number, like which Gundam they are that appeared on screen. With some exceptions, the des- uh, the Freedom is the 10, and it appeared before the 6, 7, 8, 9, but those all appear shortly after. But So this one would, in theory, be number 42, but they aren't at 42? Yeah. Still, it's a reasonable number, given that the Freedom two years ago was the 10. I also wonder if it's the 42nd actual like mobile suit that appeared in the series, but I don't think that's right. I don't either. Opposite of it is the ZGMFX 666S Legend, because subtlety is for bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... It would be fine if the Destiny had a similarly high number, or at least a triple-digit code, but because it doesn't, it's really out of place. Well, wasn't the Strike, like, 106 or something? The Strike is the GAT 105. Yeah. I guess my point is, three-digit designation numbers seem entirely reasonable. Yeah, I suppose. But this is the first Zaft Gundam with one, and it's... Yeah. That's the thing, is that the the Gat ones, because the Strike was 105, and then the other ones were 101 through 104. And this is the devil number. And again, 10 makes it sound like a class size. Also, in the sub, Durundle definitely says the X666S. Yo, because he's trying to be a little subtle. If you don't see it in the subtitles, you might take a second. She's like, anyway, these are our cool new machines we just built. They're uh, the best we got. They surpassed uh, anything we've built before. Shin is super excited. He looks like a puppy dog. So, Shin, would you like to choose the fire-type Legend <laughs> Gundam or the water-type Destiny Gundam? I'm Professor Durundel, and I want to commit war on everyone. Destroying <laughs> the Archangel is my goal. Welcome to the wonderful world of mobile suits. <laughs> Uh, I hope you're ready to begin your journey. Gundam Go. Anyway, I imagine these will be like main character suits soon. And Shin gets even more excited. He's like, I'm one of those. Yeah. And Atherin <laughs> gets like to know, up in his face. Yeah, who will pi- who will and Drundle's They're your new machines. I, <laughs> I love how snide yes. Drendel looks like. Nathan's <laughs> like, what? And like Shin is like, oh my god, I was excited before, but for real? For real. <laughs> like Shin just looks like he got a new puppy that he's been wanting for like years. He took over his goldfish long enough, he shot down that Freedom Gundam, and now he gets a new puppy Gundam. Honestly, in a, it, it doesn't transform into a Baku. <laughs> uh, um, no, that was the Gaia. Honestly, it would, it's a little weird to take him out of the impulse, which is something that we've already clearly been shown that he's got a mastery I, over. Are they just going to give it to Ray or something? Or something. I mean, you don't want to take the impulse out of service. It's yeah, still it's... pretty highly you know spec and whatnot and it's so perfectly functional it's just one of those things that's so different why take the guy who's clearly got mastery of the thing out of it because he's gonna probably get more out of it than anybody else will i mean the answer is genetics that's a dumb answer and that's kind of a spoiler 
And it also doesn't make any sense. And it's a main character thing. He's got to get a new mobile suit now that he's halfway through the series, and his old mobile suit has done its cool thing. Yeah, pretty much every other time this has happened, it's because it got destroyed or stolen. I mean, not really, though. Like, the Zeta is just... Although the Zeta, literally, Camille was like, this is a cool mobile suit I designed. And they're like, yes, it is cool. We're going to make one. And he's like, cool, I have it now. I will pilot it. The cool girl can have my old one. Most Um, of the ones that I'm familiar with or that I have seen have been because of the fact that the old one was destroyed. Because, like, that's how it is in G Gundam, Gundam Wing. I think it's a 50-50 type thing. Because the main character doesn't ever get a new mobile suit in turn A. Yeah, and especially in series like G and Wing where there are lots of Gundams, it makes more sense to blow them up. Seed approaches that, too. Or I should say Destiny approaches that, too. But, like, in Seed, they had one character with a Gundam, right? So, a hand-me-down made more sense. So, while Shin is super excited about his new puppy dog, Atherin's very grumpy. Atherin is frowny face emoji. (laughs) Atherin also, I think, is so angry about this because he understands this is an escalation. Well, yeah, I think he's starting to put together Durundle's plot. And we end on two close-ups of the Gundam heads before we get the ending theme. Da 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 da. Uh, so Tyler, you got a high point? Arthur during the <laughs> coming back into port scene. Hilarious. Wow. Also, Mayrin being less <laughs> impressed than Arthur. Uh, Zach? Uh, high point. This is kind of a crap episode. I don't know that I'd say it's a crap episode. It's definitely on like the lower half of episodes. I'd have to go with Atherin decking Shin because that little shit deserved it. It's about damn time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like Shin doing an introspection and also Ray that. trying to be like, hey, don't do any thinking now, Shin. You wouldn't want to do that. Only killing. Yeah, be a MODOK, Shin. Low point, Tyler? As much as I like the animation, I actually think how obviously Machiavellian Durundle is in this episode. Like, holy crap, they were at least kind of trying to be kind of subtle. And uh, nope, not anymore. Zach? Just completely, what is that phrase? No selling the Kira death scene again yeah zero suspense yeah there's no suspense there's nothing there honestly like i said you could probably have just left it a more of a mystery because you could have them having that like there's not enough debris to indicate a sunken ship and have them crop up later in the series and then have you explain all of that later as opposed to just being like remember that huge explosion we had last week didn't mean shit you know we don't often watch here it is again yep we don't often watch the next time on and I'm actually kind of wondering if we had watched it for last episode, whether or not Kira was in the next time on. <laughs> we should go back and do that. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, I think he might be. What it should be for me is the fact that they have this perfectly good explanation for that explosion with the detonation of the Archangel's engine and they don't use it. But what it's actually going to be is Durendal's speech in this episode, which is yeah. like probably <sighs> the Nadir. Like, it's Destiny slow pacing incarnate. It doesn't really add anything or do anything. It just wastes time in a slow episode that I don't have the dislike for it Zach does, but I definitely agree. It's a boring episode. It's real like Saving Grace is, hey, look at these cool new robots, but we don't even get a great look at them. I actually feel like it's Saving Grace's hints of character development for shit. Well, that is what I made my high points, so. Do we have any other final thoughts on it, Tyler? Oh, no. I'm actually pretty middle of the road on this one. I thought it was okay. Like, again, I really hope that this hints at some future development for Shin to be Less of a single note character, but we'll see. Zach? It's one of those episodes that I said I think it's pretty bad. Like, it's super slow. They reiterate too many of Durundle's points from only a couple episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, it's the so exact re- same talking points. So right? recycling that damn 
speech it's not totally recycled it's just totally unnecessary yeah, all the same points are made even if it's a, not the same dialogue yeah so it's just it's padding to the extreme all right so that will do it for episode 35 i believe oh yep. uh, yeah there he is <laughs> yep totally in the preview yeah, so, like, even the show didn't try to make it suspenseful at all, because Kira's definitely in the preview for the next episode on the last episode. Uh, so join us next week when we will be watching Phase 36, Atherin on the Run. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me, but, uh... Atherin must get on a treadmill to do some exercise in the next episode. Yeah, it's just Atherin's gym routine. Well, we did say that Destiny is perfectly padded, so that would track. Until next time, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny.